number three show flying by. Ryan Horvath, Rob Brown tonight holding it down. Rob, I like you, man. You're a crazy SOB, but I like you, man. You can stay in my That's room anytime. That's the nicest thing anybody said about me this week, Ryan. Thanks, buddy. I, I knew, well, I mean, I watched the show with you guys, obviously. Um, you know, you, my guy, Cody Decker, Mario as well. How do you feel about Mario? I, I, I say this sincerely. Because I just I just tweeted him. All right. Yeah. I love Mario. That dude is wildly talented. He's driven. He's passionate. He's a good person. I truly, genuinely love Mario, and I'm just trying to make him a better person. And if that means we make him take multiple shots of the hottest hot sauce you can legally buy, if it means we have to send him to the dog park to ask strangers to pick up their dog's refuge with his bare hands, yeah. uh, if that means we make him get a Brazilian wax at the end of the year because he thought Matt Mervis was going to be the NL Rookie of the Year, if we have to subject him to these things... To make him a better person, there's going to be a day where Mario enters the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, and I'm going to get to say, I did that. Rob Brown and Cody Decker made that happen. And I know you're listening, Mario. You're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah, see, I, I love Mario. I feel like he's there's going to be a time. Mario's like the next Marv Albert. He's going to be like a Broadcasting Hall of Famer, and we're all just going to be happy that at one point we knew him, or knew of him even. So uh, oh, oh, shout listen, out to Mario. I, I'm I'm taking full credit for whatever he accomplishes. Good, bad, or ugly. I'm taking full credit for whatever he accomplishes. I'm also going to say, and at the risk of making his head so big, we got to smear butter on it to get it through a door. Yeah. Mario's the only guy in the game that has better hair than I do. Okay? Him and my producer, hair. Lonzo, both yeah. have luscious locks. And if I can take the good qualities that Mario has in his hair and turn them into the good qualities of a broadcaster, Mario's going to be a legend. We're, we're doing our best to help. I completely agree. He's got the hair. He's got the voice. He's got, he's got the, the, the brains. I'm and just he's got up. the mentor, Ryan Horvat. He's got, he's got the, the Well, that's the most important thing, Rob, of course. <laughs> you, the great Cody Decker, he had the chance to work with a, with a great like myself. But the reason I really like you is because I know you're a big ACC guy, and we just I just got done hyping up the ACC. I talked a little bit about Clemson and Florida State. But the favorite, my favorite win total, actually, of the college football season in the ACC, and I can't believe I'm saying this because last year they were a fade team for me, just because of the win total. So I went uh, under last year. It was 9.5 on Pitt, year one after. Kenny Pickett leaves, obviously. And then this year, the win total dropped all the way down to six and a half. Now at BetMGM, it's at seven, and it's minus 115 both ways. Uh, but I went over on Pitt at six and a half. I'd still go over at seven. I think they're going to be better, man. And I think a three-win adjustment as far as a win total is just way too much. I think you upgraded the quarterback position. I'm not a Keaton Slovis guy. I can't believe that he's actually going to be a quarterback in another program. He's going to BYU this year. But I like Phil Dracovic, 24 career starts at BC. The issue was he never stayed healthy at BC, but his best year was 2020. He's with the same play caller now. In the backfield, you got Roddy Hammond back. He averaged four years per carry. I think Pitt, man, I think a three-win adjustment, way too many. And I also think looking at the schedule, they have a shot to start 7-0. Five starters back only on defense, but I like their coordinator, Randy Bates. Um, I think Pitt's going to be a sleeper team in the ACC. Like, Wolford, a rebuilding Cincy team week two. West Virginia week three. I think we're overhyping North Carolina a little bit, even though I do love the offense. Uh, week five, Virginia Tech. I uh, me think about them going into the season. I'm not the biggest Narduzzi guy, but he does a really good job recruiting players for that type of system there.
I'll tell you, I'll say this. I would probably be willing to risk the over at six and a half. I don't know that I'm going to seven and a half. And you hit on the reason why, yeah. which is the defense, right? They're like the list of departures from their defense is better than some FBS defenses are going to be this year. They lost a lot. That defense allowed 22.4 points per game in the ACC last year. And by the way, I do agree that I think people are unnecessarily down on the ACC, and I think the conference as a whole is going to be much, much better this year. We'll come to Carolina because I disagree with you on that one too, but there's good news really? in that Narduzzi's track record is that he constantly cranks out new recruits onto stingy defenses. The bad news is he's got to do it at six different spots this year, and three of the five he brings back were like, okay, so-so players. So I'm, I'm I don't think I'm as as high as you are, I do like, especially, I will always take a college team that's got an easier out-of-the-gate schedule than a tougher back half as opposed to the other way around, right? Yeah. And so I think they get a nice head start. That Wofford game at the beginning, kind of a nice little tune-up match. West Virginia is going to be down a little bit. So they get some nice tune-ups out of the gate, which is why I think the six-and-a-half plays, but I don't know if I'm willing to go up to seven-and-a-half yet. You brought up Carolina, so I can't wait to watch Drake May this season. And in, in fact, like the whole offense, man, Walker's back. You got four starters, I believe, back on the offensive line, nine starters back as a whole. They're going to average close to 40 points per game in that conference. My concern with Carolina is even though you have eight starters back on defense, I don't know if that's a good thing when you gave up over 430 yards per game, 30 points per game. They do bring back three of their top four tacklers, but I just I don't know where to go with them this year because I love Drake May, love the offense. Uh, they were fun to start the season last year. Only four true road games, but I just I don't know what to do with their win total. Are you high on Carolina coming into the season? Yes ish. I'm gonna yeah. go yes ish. Like I okay. I like Drake May. I think Drake May is gonna shock some folks this year. And by the way, how about week one at BOA in Charlotte when we oh, get man. Drake May versus Spencer Rattler? That's gonna be fun. I'm gonna go ahead and call that shot now. That's going to be fun, like a 54-47 like a game fun it could be, all right? Uh, so we're going to get a good read on North Carolina out of the gate. But I like Drake May. Uh, they have got one of the deepest backfields in the ACC, so they're going to be constantly running fresh legs in the rush game. Do have to get better across the offensive line. They gave up 40 sacks last year, or 40 quarterback hurries, hits, and sacks last year. That ain't great, so they got to get better there. But when you can move the ball laterally with running backs and take some of that pressure off the initial pass rush, I think that's going to help quite a bit. Do have to worry about wide receivers. They lose Josh Downs, but they've done a real good job of bringing low-caliber wide receivers in. And North Carolina did something that Clemson did not. They worked the portal hard, and they worked the portal hard when they had momentum coming off of a year last year where they started 9-1, and one, and yes, they lost the last four, but there was a lot going into injuries. They were getting left behind by Clemson at that point. So, And I may be just making excuses there, but they took some pretty good momentum last year. They segued that with, hey, Drake May is, and I'm saying long shot, but a long shot dark horse Heisman. They oh, yeah. worked the portal, unlike Clemson very much like Florida State. And would you look all of a sudden at the two teams whose odds have drastically risen during this offseason? I like North Carolina. I'm not going to commit until I see what they do against Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks in week one. If they go out and they win that game, that doesn't mean I'm down on the Gamecocks, but it does tell me that North Carolina is very much pointed in the right direction and it's not an aberration. 
I do like them, though. I really yeah. do. Yeah, so those are like the middle teams. As far as the top, you know, everybody, we talked about Florida State. Great offensively and, def- and and defensively last year. I did not see that coming from Jordan Travis. Like the year before that, there was a report that there was this windy day in Tallahassee, and there was a practice that Jordan, like, like he threw a ball into the wind, and it couldn't, like he couldn't throw the ball 20 yards down the field, and he was like crying, thinking about quitting football. And then last year he puts together that season where it was like 26 touchdowns, five picks. I love Mike Norvell. But, like, you look at Clemson on the defensive side of the ball, I didn't think there was any shot that Tyler Davis was coming back. I just – I really like them. I brought up the wide receiver room. I'm not the biggest fan, but you know somebody will emerge, whether it's Bo Collins or it's Antonio Williams. Somebody will step up. How do you feel about them coming into the season, and where would you trust your money? Would you go Florida State or Clemson if you were looking at a team, you know, to win the ACC this year? So I'll tell you right now, I am leaning. And when I say lean, I mean – slightly like slightly like a like a like a feather tick towards Florida State right now uh Jordan Travis is a big reason why uh Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are big reasons why right Johnny Wilson last year when you have a six seven wide receiver that goes like four five forty yeah that helps and then when you pair him with a quarterback who Jordan Travis last year about week four he found some legs, my guy. Like, all of a sudden, Jordan Travis was extending plays in a way we did not see the year before that. And, as I mentioned, Mike Norvell worked the portal hard. Right now, I'm going to give you a name right now that I'm very intrigued by. I am very intrigued by the young man that came over from South Carolina, Jaheim Bell, to play yeah. tight end, and here's why. Mike Norvell's offense is predicated on the use of the tight end. Jaheim Bell at South Carolina. I'm four. I'm, I'm an hour and ten minutes from South Carolina. Shane Beamer comes on my radio program. I like that guy. I like the direction of the Gamecocks. The biggest mistake that Shane Beamer has made since he got to South Carolina was not turning Jaheim Bell into the freak offensive player that he should have been. He goes to Florida State. Mike Norvell loves leaning on a tight end. Jaheim Bell's a monster, and I know he's a monster because go back to that South Carolina-Tennessee game when Jaheim Bell was killing dudes out of the offense. Now Mike Norvell's got that with a slippery quarterback in Jordan Travis who found an arm with Johnny Wilson over the top to give you that big target with Keon out there, Keon Coleman out there to kind of provide that underneath route running and to flip it back to Clemson. And this is why I have the edge. Clemson has predicated their defense the last couple of years on the defensive line and linebackers, right? Well, you sent not one, but two draft picks to the NFL and Brian Bercy and Miles Murphy, both of whom I think landed in wonderful spots. I'm really interested to see what Bercy does down in there in, in New Orleans with how much they lean on the DT. They're going to have some dudes step in and fill in. The question I have, Ryan, is do they have the depth that they've had? Clemson didn't just succeed by having great talent in the starting 11 defensively. They succeeded because they were two and three deep better than a lot of defenses were. And I don't know if they have that talent this year like they've had in years past. Florida State's offense is going to put up like 37-40 a game this year. They're going to be good. Cade Klubnik, big question mark. We've primarily seen him as a quarterback in a run-first offense last year. They're going to turn him loose this year. And he's got weapons on the outside to take advantage of that. But as much as I want to buy in on Cade... I can't do it until I've seen him do it. And and, yeah. and we're going to get them out of the gate because that Duke game is real interesting for a guy who's true, like getting his first year as you're the guy, no DJ, no pressure. I'm intrigued by it, but I don't know if Clemson has the depth 
that they've had in years past, and that has been the secret sauce to making them Clemson, I got like a 1% lead toward Florida State to win the ACC this year. Yeah, and no, I mean, that was a great point about the Norvell offense and how important having a tight end is as well, man. I just, and I want to do it with Florida State. You know, coming into the season, I just feel like there is more question marks, like you said, the depth, especially being an issue for Clemson on the defensive line, even uh, the wide receiver room. But I just, I can't get past the schedule for Florida State. LSU is obviously tough out of the gate. I wouldn't be shocked if LSU won the national title. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I should hate Brian Kelly, but I know how great he is as a coach and as a recruiter. And I didn't see Jaden Daniels having that year last year. I really like their wide receiver room. But I just look at the schedule. It's LSU, it's Clemson, it's Pitt, it's Wake. Even Florida in a rivalry game, I know their win total this year is 5.5, and, and they're projected to be terrible, and Graham Mertz is their starting quarterback for whatever reason. But still, that's a <laughs> tough game, man. I like Norvell, but ACC is going to be loaded. Really quick, um, you brought up an interesting team, Duke, this year, because their win total now 6.5. I love Mike Elko. Being a Notre Dame fan, you look what he did one year with that defense. Where are you at with them? Uh, Duke going into the season. Do you think that they're like a 7-8 win team that's maybe a surprise team? Or do you think because they step up this year, their schedule's much tougher, that maybe they're a team that goes under? I love Riley Leonard. I just I don't know what to do with them. I'd probably go under. You got, you got good news, bad news. The good yeah. news is you're bringing back 17 starters over one of the best Duke teams we've seen since, what, Steve Spurrier was there in the 70s yeah. or whatever it was. 17 back. The problem is... You got one of the toughest ACC slates out there, right? Like, no divisions mm -hmm. in this conference, so it's kind of a hodgepodge. And Duke drew the short straw this year, so I'm interested in that. Uh, again, good news. Third in ACC in, in yards per play last year. They were over six yards per play last year in a conference that not a lot of teams pulled that off. You've got Graham Barton at the left tackle, who is going to be one of the best offensive linemen in the game this year. Problem is, you were giving up 40 a game last year, and you're doing that at a conference where North Carolina's offense is going to be up. Clemson's offense is going to be up. Florida State's yeah. offense is going to be up. The problem isn't going to be Duke able to score more points than they've done historically as a program. The problem is they're still going to be giving up. Let's say let's say they get 10, uh, let's say eight points better a game. You're still going to be giving up 32 plus a game if you get a touchdown and change better defensively so I like the direction Duke is pointed in Ryan yeah. but like they're just not quite there yet that being said if Elko takes this team brings a couple of those guys back for one more and recruits based on what they did last year and this year Duke could shock some people two years from now yeah, let's talk a little bit more about this and stick with the ACC. Also, I got to get your thoughts on Spencer Rattler going into the season. Bet MGM tonight continues next.